This is episode number six, titled Rheumatoid Arthritis, a very stubborn condition for Gabe Golden, on the Health and Wellness in Encinitas podcast. Welcome back to Health and Wellness Encinitas. This is Lisa Thorpe with Thorpe Institute of Integrated Medicine and Intel Bio. Today we have Gabe Golden with Golden Films. And we're going to talk, obviously, not with a wellness practitioner, but with Gabe, who has and is producing a wellness-related documentary. Gabe, would you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your own wellness journey, and about the documentary that you're producing? Sure. Uh, and I'm grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, I, uh, I started um, my journey of, of health and wellness, I guess, began, you know, against my own uh, wishes at 14 when I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And, That'll uh, take you kicking and screaming. Right. Yeah. No fun. <laughs> no. And uh, that old, you know, took an active kid and, and certainly changed my life and, and changed uh, what I knew to be my identity, you know, and you spend a lot of time trying to figure out who you are once you lose a lot of physical ability that you, you know, identified with. But many years of, of medications and some worked well and some didn't. And eventually, though, I did well enough to, to live a fairly normal life and move on to uh, film school and then on to L.A. and worked in as a production assistant, went there really to pursue a variety of things from screenwriting to acting to filmmaking. I was interested kind of in a lot of things. And a couple years into uh, my time in L.A., I, my condition continued to get worse. And as it got worse, I would be increasing my medications. That, uh, you know, of course, had side effects, and there was not a lot of result anyway with it. And as I was pursuing, um, you know, ideas of alternative medicine uh, and other theories about what was really going on, then it was... Um, not something that my mainstream doctors were interested in at all. And they just said, you know, we just said, I can really appreciate you trying to take uh, an interest in your own health. He said, but all of this stuff is quackery. Don't waste your time with it. And it, while he wrote me a prescription for a higher dose of, of steroids and, and right. said, you know, good luck to you. And forgive, and you got to forgive doctors because it's such, it's such a liability for them to say yes to anything that's outside of their practice. Mm -hmm. And while it's painful and you, you kind of want to hate them, at least I, I would, uh, for that, I think that there's such huge liability uh, for, for – and I, I feel for the doctors today. Uh, I think it's a challenge for them to be dealing with chronic inflammatory disease, which is the major issue for most people on some level, and, and only have tools such as writing a prescription for more medication and um, – and or surgery, which obviously doesn't isn't going to address a lot of issues either. And not that there isn't great surgeons, or there's not med medication doesn't have application. So I'm I think it's uh, amazing, and I think that it's a trend that is happening uh, all over. Is that people like yourself are instead of looking to their doctor to solve the problem, they're taking ownership of their health and well-being or their problem is what usually motivates us. I know with me it was I, ha I had a fibromyalgia type syndrome and I knew that I didn't I had taken a lot of I had done a lot of painkillers and I knew that wasn't going to solve the problem. It would mask the problem and with a whole host of other problems 
And I wanted to to find real solutions, real answers. So for you, about how old were you when you started going toward alternative methods? About uh, 27, I think. And, so and that almost was, 14 years of in traditional medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and you talk about the limitations of tools that those doctors have. Those tools they used do work to an extent. You sure. know, I mean, I, I was able to function. Um, I mean, it wasn't always comfortable. And those drugs left me with a lot of side effects that I think took time to heal from once I was off of them. But they were, um, they were useful and they served their purpose. Uh, and uh, I wish, it's just frustrating today as people are di- diagnosed with the same thing. I, I see them doing the exact same treatment they did on me 25 years ago. Wow. And, you know, there may be new drugs, but they, they're basically the same immunosuppressive drugs. So for your rheumatoid arthritis, what have you been doing that has been making a difference? It would be nice to say that I walked out of that office and all determined and I went and changed my diet and got some acupuncture and I was better. But it was it was a much longer road than that. I mean, I, I did an aggressive detox and um, over time figured out certain foods that were, you know, an issue such as gluten and soy and things like that sure. that aggravated the condition. And then actually began a, a series of different herbs and actually what they call pulse-dose antibiotic therapy, which is just a, a three-day-a-week low-dose antibiotic to treat what they think is an underlying infection in some of these autoimmune uh, diseases. And that had a, a good res- result. I mean, it's hard to know exactly whether the antibiotics combined with, or whether it was the antibiotics or whether it was just the aggressive lifestyle change was what worked. But I had a drastic re- you know, reduction in symptoms in about six to eight months. And That's great. And so that from there, you know, it was it was out. It had originally been in every joint in my body, every finger, every wrist, elbow, knees, feet, and it really was completely gone um, for a, about eight, eight, nine more months after that. And then it came back in my knees, and my knees seemed to be the place that it just uh, the, the fire of inflammation kept burning, and and it stayed stubborn. And from that point on, I've done a variety of different things. Um, from acupuncture to ozone therapies and ozone injections and different IVs. Every, and I've tried, you know, probably every supplement and every potential modality that doesn't even require a practitioner, you know, um, you know, like anybody does when you're, when you're desperate and you really want. Sure. And this results. is how we become our own experts, right? Right. So I, it's obvious how you could wind up producing a documentary on wellness. You were already doing a tremendous amount of research. At what point did you decide to officially start creating a documentary? It was about six months after I had begun that protocol. Uh, I was so miserable at the time, I really didn't even consider filming myself. But as I began to see results, I realized how important this would be as as far as just insight for every everyone sure. else, you know, in that same position. So I turned a camera on myself to some follow myself uh, at some of the doctor appointments, some of the different treatments, uh, video diaries at home, and then... Um, just kind of continued filming sporadically and then began filming other people who were in a similar situation. And I learned that while I could have reached out and filmed just about anybody with any health issue, I kind of focused around autoimmune diseases uh, just to kind of keep a consistency there of, of the people in the film and then found that um, now I have two people in the film who were originally diagnosed with uh, rheumatoid arthritis that now have found they have Lyme disease. And so now we're finding Lyme disease to be a pre-epidemic problem, and it is often misdiagnosed as some sort of autoimmune. But yet the treatments for these things are still the same, regardless of what you might have or what you, you know, you're diagnosed as. There's obviously just an imbalance in the body, and the more aggressive, holistic approach you can take 
you know, hitting all of these different factors, uh, you know, or different aspects of our, of, of what really gives us a, a healthy existence, be it diet, exercise, meditation, emotional stresses, you know, environmental stresses, all of these things that we address. And then, and then of course, getting into even a spiritual, uh, you know, journey, which is where a lot of this kind of stuff takes you. The more you can address, I think, all of those things, the more you end up in a place where you can be healed. I totally agree. It's exactly the path that I've I've traveled. Uh, you mentioned getting off of gluten and off of soy, which I as well. Um, I found out I have celiacs, and so I'm off of both of those as well. And I, I find that for any chronic inflammatory disease, it's important for people to remove these things. Of course, there's many different tests like Cyrex Labs or something more non-traditional like uh, Zyto technology that can check for sensitivities. What else with your diet? Because you said diet really made a big uh, improvement in your life mm-hmm. in addition to the to the traditional therapy that you did. I'm curious, uh, I, I think I know the answer, but I'm curious what other dietary changes you, you made. Uh, the, the biggest one being, I think, eliminating sugars and uh, all refined, you know, right. uh, flours and carbs and things like that. Um, you know, there's a lot of evidence uh, in the research, be it whether you're trying to fight an infection or just reduce inflammation or you right. know, anything you're trying to do. The, if you can keep your blood sugar quite low and right. some oftentimes being on what they call the ketogenic diet, you know, or something close to that, um, that seems to be very, very anti-inflammatory and doesn't give the fuel to... Uh, right. You know, the every illness. time we eat sugar, it suppresses our immune system for up to an hour, sometimes longer. Yeah, quite. so it literally it prevents us from getting strong, keeps us weak. In a healthy person, for somebody with autoimmune or chronic inflammatory disease, it's so poisonous. I know it is for me. I mean, I still eat it occasionally, but I pay for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the more frequently I eat it, then the, the longer, more of a problem it becomes. And 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 I know it's one of those things because it is so addictive, and so is wheat, and so is dairy. They they all uh, create an opioid effect once they reach uh, the small intestine. And a lot of people don't realize that we're we're dealing with addiction when we're talking about these foods. Sure. And we they don't. And there's so much comfort in our foods. Like foods are such a main way for us to comfort ourselves and nourish ourselves. So I think you know it's good to have information about how to eat healthy and and. Uh, I, for one, am pretty much, I would say, paleo, but I still eat what I want when I want it. And I, but I kind of wish I was vegan, but it's just too, it's, I haven't been able to cross that bridge yet because I can't do soy and I still have some sensitivity to some nuts, all grains. So it's, it's a bit of a dance, but the diet, it really is. I think one of the biggest things that people can do to, to, get any kind of pain or inflammation uh, reined in very quickly mm-hmm. within a week, if not sometimes more. It depends. Sure. I had a, an interesting experience when I began my, my approach. I was very aggressive. I, you know, I made this decision to dive in all, you know, right. all the way. And so I eliminated everything out of my diet. And I did eliminate meat and went strictly vegan uh, for about eight months or so. And um, I know that the initial uh, detox was good, and um, that extreme diet was was a good thing for a while. But it was it, it got to be clear that it wasn't sustainable. And I also was losing dramatic amounts of weight. Right. And <clears throat> I was doing this with, you know, all the right supplements and doing all the research that I could on and making sure I had enough protein and eating all the right combinations of vegan foods. 
But the doctor that I was working with does uh, metabolic typing, and he had done some interesting blood work on me and said that that I was absolutely something that buddy that needed to eat meat, and that he he said you're losing all this weight, and and it wasn't weight I wanted to lose. Um, he said because your your body is one that breaks down amino acids in a way that is it needs it from from animal proteins really for you to build your body. He said I've got you know maybe a third of my patients that do really well on a vegan diet, and he said some people need some meat right. and some people like you. He said need quite a bit. And I know uh, with blood typing, I've read uh, some about how you know the A blood type is uh, from from what they say the the one that is most appropriate for for a vegan lifestyle as opposed to like a B blood type that's kind of the middle of the road and an O blood type that definitely needs to eat mm-hmm. meat. So I'm a I'm a B I'm a B positive. <laughs> so so I'm that middle of the road, and I do still eat meat, um, clean, organic, grass fed, right. free range, all that good stuff. And uh, but I have some concerns about the impact on the world, and and I think this is a good way to segue into some of the other work that you're doing. I, I want to come back to the the holistic healthcare documentary, but you've, you've been working with your father on a documentary that's more about the wellness of the world. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we're, um, we've been uh, kind of in pre-production uh, developing a, um, a documentary with uh, the Savory Institute, which is um, originated in Zimbabwe. And uh, we want to tell the story of the biologist who um, has been uh, working to restore lands throughout the world. Um, particularly desertified lands by creating grasslands. And they do that by bringing the animals back onto the land. Um, we have essentially taken millions and millions of herding animals off of the land and put them in factory farms. And that land really needed those animals to be fertilized, to be grazed, to actually have the crust broken up in a way that the rain can penetrate and, and do sure. good for the land. And what they're finding is that you bring the animals back and these uh, desertified lands return to grasslands quite quickly as long as those animals are managed the way in which nature originally uh, allowed them to to graze and roam so they're not overgrazed. And then you have created a grassland that now absorbs carbon out of the atmosphere. And these are some of the best carbon sinks there are, is, is massive grasslands. And then you're producing food as well and creating a carbon sink. And, um, and it's a healthy food. And I've read that changing the way that we farm is probably one of the most powerful ways that we could change the global warming issue. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that? I, I understand it's because of, uh, number one, reducing the the gas emissions that's happening as a result of uh, the, the way that we raise cattle right now. But more importantly, what you're saying is that when we treat the earth, the, actually get the earth uh, back to the way it's supposed to be, that it becomes, it actually starts sucking the bad gases into mm. it, right? Right. Am I saying that right? Sure. No, I, I, absolutely. And I think what what people don't really think about is, I mean, we've certainly taken carbon and spit it into the atmosphere, but we, we and we've done that with coal-burning power plants and vehicles, but uh, a big way in which we've done that is erosion through massive agricultural development, where we have, you know, hundreds of square miles of, of genetically modified farms now that don't really serve the soil at all. They're not... Uh, they're, or the people. Right, exactly. Anybody, and, and except for big business, right? Sure. And they have, by taking that layer off, eroding the soil, that way it has released a lot of carbon and it is no longer absorbing any carbon. Farms that are very diverse, organic, where the soils are very healthy, they will retain the carbon in the soil and, of course, produce a much better uh, food. 
And then the earth becomes, it starts breathing again. Right. The earth literally starts filtering out, should we say, the bad gases? Is it the carbon specifically? Right. I mean, carbon, you know, is, is of course, a natural uh, part of the cycle. Uh, it's just that we have overwhelmed the atmosphere with it uh, by all of these different things. And many, you know, uh, climatologists, researchers feel that if while we have, we have to obviously curb our, um, our use of fossil fuels, and, the, and what we're doing that's causing the release of carbon, but if we actually had a planet that wasn't so damaged, I mean, literally two-thirds of the planet is, is desertifying. If that part of the planet could be restored or even part of it, we would actually be able to, to withstand a lot of the damage we've done by bringing that carbon back into the soil. So there are organizations working to change this problem, the, the desertification, and that's literally the land has been turned into desert. Right. So what are, what are the organizations that are working to change this? Well, the Savory Institute is probably the, the pioneer on this. Um, they, have, uh, they recently had a, a London conference where they brought together uh, dozens of different um, leaders, not only in government, but in agriculture throughout the world. And they're trying to get everybody unified in, in an approach that seems to be really effective. You know, obviously, the approach is going to vary a little bit based on geography and where you're at. But... Uh, they're really the, the pioneer. Um, the Savory Institute. The Savory Institute, yeah. And, uh, so I'm wondering, obviously farmers that have big farms, it's, it's got to be a difficult thing for them to change over. And certainly maybe that's something that, that's subsidized or somehow there's organizations that help them to do that. As a, as a just a person uh, that's not a farmer or not out in the grasslands, how, what can we do? To contribute, how do we how do we make a difference in such a situation? I think I think it is really comes down to the choices you make in in what you buy. You know, not just the foods, but products in general. Having an understanding of where these are coming from, how much distance are they traveling? Of course, supporting local farmers markets and even the even the larger Whole Foods uh, type franchises are trying to provide a lot of their produce. You know, locally, I think that makes a big difference. Uh, going with organic whenever you can is I think a yeah, local, it it- local and organic supporting. I know supporting our local farmers and and as much as possible getting involved locally. I think is is one of the most responsible things we can do, mm-hmm. and that I look to do more of. And I'm so excited to be talking about this issue because I've heard about it. I was going on your website thinking we were just going to be talking about natural health documentary, and when I saw that you were working on this, I was really elated because I I knew it was a problem. And yet nobody really knows about it, talks about it, and it's such a big thing. I mean, we're talking about the life of the planet, and while it's great, we need to heal ourselves, and we need to do it in a more holistic way and, and take care of each other, but if the planet doesn't make it, none of us make it. So right. so I'm so glad that you're working on this project and that we're bringing awareness to the Savory Institute and helping to stop the desertification and reverse it so that the planet can start breathing again. Mm. And I'm interested, I think, to, to kind of bring it back around and find out. So did were you working on that before or after the, the holistic health? That, this has uh, been a, a project just in the last year, really, that has developed. Uh, and um, it has been in response to some other documentaries that we've done for PBS that just have been on different rangeland issues um, and water rights issues and, you know, sustainability issues. So uh, this was kind of a, a great next step into a much broader program that wouldn't be just regional, but might be international. You know, I, I think it's just 
you know, most people now accept climate change as, as real, but I think the seriousness of this is something where we really need to uh, get people not, not just aware, but to really understand how it's going to affect our lives, you know, in the next coming decades. I mean, we're already seeing some pretty serious droughts and, and a lot of problems throughout the world. And it's, it's something that I want to see people take a real interest in uh, and, and realize that we're not helpless. I mean, just making different choices and becoming aware would really make starts it. starts with awareness. It really does. And yeah. it's, it doesn't mean you have to go get a sign and pray through the street or, you know, or start a foundation. I mean, it just means you've got to become aware and a little bit informed about what's going on. It's right. very easy not to do Make that. Make better choices right. and, and support the foundations that exist. Because that's one thing I know is that there's already so many organizations that already exist. And we probably don't need more of them. What we need is more people supporting uh, what's happening. Exactly. And yeah. becoming aware and making great choices. Back to the, the health documentary. Where are you with that? And when will that be coming out, do you think? Uh, it is a project that has continued to grow, and, and as I've brought in more people, I have felt uh, really that it was important to tell their stories and let their stories play out, including my own, which is still still going. I've, of course, made tremendous improvement, but I'm still looking for – I would like to achieve a certain level uh, of, of wellness and feel like I'm kind of at a finish line, uh, you know, so that I can – let that be an example of, of what can be accomplished. I mean, I'm already very happy with where I'm at and that I'm not on the medications and that I'm doing well. But I think my story and, and others can be very inspiring. And I think just in this next six months, I'm, I know that I'll have a version of the film, whether I release it uh, you know, next spring or send it to the festivals, we'll, we'll see. Uh, that's just sort of to be, de- to be determined based on uh, how everybody's doing. Well, I'm really excited to be a part of both of those. Uh, number one, I haven't mentioned yet, but you interviewed me and my husband, John, as part of Thorpe Institute because you were a patient here. You got treated here. And I'm even more excited that we're forming a collaboration. Uh, and and so I'd love to hear your feedback about your experience with the technology that we work with. Uh, through Intel Bio and your experience with Thorpe Institute when you came in for treatments, and and then we can talk a little bit about our plans. Sure. What has been so frustrating over the years with my condition is is how many things I've tried that haven't worked and haven't you know provided result. Yet you you spend a lot of money and time and effort, and there's always a new modality to try. And this though was is absolutely something that. That worked for me. Many things just make me worse. It is stimulated an immune response. Right. Even acupuncture can be too strong for me if it's done wrong. Right. Um, these machines, uh, I mean, just within a few days, I noticed dramatic improvement in the swelling in my knees and uh, the range of motion. You know, I did a, a several months of, of treatment, but it was only you know two or three times a week, and it, during that whole time, I felt significant improvement. My my feeling though with a, a condition that had been on been going on for so many years and so much damage to the knees that it's something that would require maybe even a little bit longer treatment to to really get uh, the results I want. Yeah, I usually tell patients that for every year that it's been going on, plan on a month of treatment. Mm -hmm. And we do see results normally the very first day. We see a result every single time we treat because we have the ability to reduce the inflammation with that technology. That's And it's very intelligent. It's not like what most devices uh, will do, which you alluded to, that 
they will bombard the system with an amount of energy that's not absorbable. And it's kind of like if I come and I just punch you in the arm. If, mm-hmm. if there's so much energy that it literally is just inciting a healing response. So, of course, if I punch you in the arm or I wallop you with this high dose of energy, white blood cells are going to rush to the area and it's going to create a healing response. And that has efficacy. Nothing wrong with it, but it can leave you feeling worse because I just punched you in the arm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, we're very, very fortunate to be working with technology that's very intelligent. So when we put two probes, two plates, it's scanning the tissue, it's reading your tissue. Your autonomic nervous system is actually in a feedback loop directing the treatment and removing impedance, helping to normalize the electrical patterns, reduce inflammation, improve the bioconductivity. And it's awesome. I love it. I love what we do. I love that we have a new technology that's exclusive. And I love that I get to send you home today with your own black box and that we're going to, we're going to teach the world and hopefully make it more available to people because I know when I met John a little over 10 years ago, I had a fibromyalgia type syndrome. I was in chronic pain and I was very young, right? Mm -hmm. And it didn't make sense. I was like, how do I, I don't want to go on painkillers. And so I I did. I started searching for answers. I met John. I started treating myself, went through a healing crisis because I was like, treat, 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 treat. I kind of went crazy. And and my body was very toxic because I'd had really severe leaky gut because I couldn't digest gluten. So I had a high fever and I like sweated all this stuff out. And I did like you, I did a pretty intensive dietary. I did like a 30 day, really intensive cleanse, but I had like a miraculous recovery within 30 days. Right. And, and I stayed that way for years and I would do occasional maintenance with the technology. Uh, but I was pretty much thought I was cured. And then I had, you know, I was running the business and then I had one daughter and then I had another daughter and about within three weeks of getting or four weeks of getting pregnant with my second daughter, all of a sudden it was like a brick hit me or I hit a wall and my body just was like, "Uh uh-uh, there was inflammation and it's a contraindication. We don't treat pregnant women, but of course I treated myself. I actually treated myself during labor with our first daughter, uh, but that's because I'm I, I, I distribute the technology, and and so I was able to use it uh, throughout. However, I you're not supposed to, so I didn't use it a lot while I was pregnant with Jillian, and I suffered. And so immediately, not immediately, but a few months after she was born, I went down to Sonaviv and found out that I had celiacs, and then was able to heal my gut, detoxify again, and get back to feeling great. And now I know all of the things that cause this crescendo of inflammation in my body. Sure. And and so anyway, long story, sh- not so short, long story long, I just got so excited about being able to make something available to people that works. Like right. you said, it works. It's safe. Some forms of this technology have been around and FDA registered for over 25 years. We're very blessed that we have an exclusive new technology and it works. It just is not very well known. We're mom and pop. We're not a huge medical company that has uh, fingers throughout the entire medical system. So it's been a slow grassroots 
thing. And but it's growing. The climate of the medical system has changed. And now there's organizations like the Institute of Functional Medicine, which, by the way, anybody looking for a doctor, please go to functionalmedicine.org. See if there's a practitioner that's been through the Institute of Functional Medicine's training because these are exceptional practitioners. Unlike the practitioners that just hand scripts, these people, they've been trained in a new medical model and they get what bioenergetics is. It's part of that model. So there's really wonderful things happening in the in the medical field and and I'm really excited to be a part of what I think is going to be the future for the next hundred years, and that's bioenergetics, because it, while of course medication is always going to be there, and it's and it's a a part of the puzzle, but the reality is everything is energy. Right. Everything is energy, and the body heals itself. So when we add absorbable energy and we remove the impedance and we detoxify the system, which absorbable energy does. The body heals itself. You go to bed and the body wakes up having started to replicate itself. We create a new body. We're always creating a whole new body. Mm-hmm. And if it just has extra energy, it does a better job. And, and of course, the supplementation, what you're putting in, it has to have the building blocks. And I'm, I'm a big on you need, you need protein, especially if you're trying to repair leg and, and for brain, you need those healthy fatty acids to repair the brain. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Anyway, I've gone on in my soapbox about about uh, the ProScope and and about what we do, uh, but I'm really excited about us working together because you're going to help me tell the story. Absolutely. And yeah. get the information out there so that we can make it available to more people, and and that's exciting. Yeah, it is, and I'm excited to do it. I, I think that being able to include the microcurrent uh, in my my story as well and, and documenting my continued use of it um, will be an example of, you know, a really intimate example of how a very stubborn condition can, can be healed by, by this. And it's, it's not the only piece of the puzzle, but it's a very, it's become a very big piece for me and a very essential piece. And I, I'm, I'm really pleased to, uh, to, uh, to work with it. So. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Well, Gabe, I'm so grateful that you're here and that we're forming this collaboration. And I appreciate you sharing all the information about the Savory Institute and about the upcoming documentary on alternative health. There's so many people out there with chronic inflammatory and autoimmune issues. This documentary is going to be powerful for them to see. And I think that maybe in time we'll have you back on to do another podcast when we've moved forward with our our production for Intel Bio. So thanks again for being here. We always ask the practitioners, your number one wellness tip for people Hmm. boy i think it goes to emotional health and and mental health you know and more than anything your state of mind your state of mind where is your state of mind and becoming aware of where your state of mind is that's right because it does direct it doesn't it Hmm. yeah it does awesome thank you gabe and uh, thank you uh, John for producing this. I am Lisa Thorpe with Thorpe Institute of Integrated Medicine and Intel Bio, and this is Health and Wellness in Encinitas. Thank you. This show was produced by John Beethan and brought to you by Alkaway.com, the makers of UltraStream 
working like nature to filter, alkalize, and naturally energize water, returning it to its natural, pristine state.